to me, okay, to me, ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, not that, my friend, is very hard to do and you have to train you have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it it's there the expression of the human body i mean the everything i mean you know not just the hand and when you're talking about combat well i mean if, if it if it is a sport now now you're talking about something else you have regulations you have rules but when you're talking about fighting as it is Oral. with no rules, real fighting well then baby you better train every part of your body I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like Big Dumb McCarthy that pulled me about, folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bet. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud for fighting with you. For you. Don't bring the dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans. I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did it. I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you gotta just keep on flowing. Penn Nation, we're back. BJPenn.com radio. Welcome back. You are now tuned in. As always, guys, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Tonight, we've got another great shot. Great show lined up for you fine folks this evening. BJPenn.com radio is live each and every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Each and every week, we continue to bring you guys the best guests and awesome interviews. Tonight is no different. We are the fighter's voice, the voice of the fans. And guys, on this show, we give these athletes the platform to speak their hearts and minds. No voice too little. No topic too controversial, too too cliche, unfiltered, unbiased. The fighter's voice, my friends, BJPenn.com radio. As I said, tonight's lineup, as always, another great one. A couple of really cool guests. But before we get into that, as I tell you folks, each and every week, your home for MMA news is BJPenn.com. Get on your web browser, get on your phone. Download the BJPen.com app. Download our app for Roku. But on your desktop, make sure you bookmark BJPen.com forward slash MMA news for all the latest and greatest in this sport that I love and you love. All the hot topics, all the breaking news, viral videos, exclusive content, all of that, everything that you crave, all in one place. Not to mention new technique videos. I've talked about this uh, quite a bit in recent weeks. Some of the best, best athletes in the world. 
giving you guys instructionals on BJPen.com. So make sure you check all of that out. BJPen.com is the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. We greatly appreciate all of the continued support, guys. Pen Nation, we love you. But like I said, make sure you bookmark us. Stay up to date. Everything you love in this sport, everything you crave, all in one spot. One-stop shopping, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. So, another great guest list, as I had said earlier. Kicking things off, just a few minutes here. One of the most, I've said it many times on the show, but he's one of the most promise, promising prospects in mixed martial arts. And I don't, I, don't, I don't throw that term around lightly here with him. Uh, I really do think he's a future champ. Very impressive, undefeated, making history in his last fight at Bellator 182 over the weekend. AJ the Mercenary McKee, he will be joining us first. Coming off of a big win, as I said, history-making. He becomes, I believe he's tied now for the longest win streak in Bellator history at nine wins. And what's even more impressive about that, especially for myself, is that he's only got nine professional fights. So he started his professional career with the company. He's gone nine and zero, holds the longest uh, win streak ever. And obviously the longest active win streak. And the sky's the limit for the kid. Under the guidance of his father, Antonio McKee, he's done a hell of a job of making sure that uh, AJ patiently works his way up to the top. He's anxious. You'll, well, not anxious, but he's ready to go. You'll hear it in the interview here in just a few moments. AJ is ready to take over the world. He's ready for the champ. He wants to fight Patricio. But I think Scott Coker and Antonio are doing the right thing. They're building him up. However, I hope they don't miss this opportunity because you're going to hear AJ talk about it in, in just a couple of moments, but he has the opportunity to break a ton of records. Not only does he have the nine wins, potentially keep that going, hold the record, not just the tie, and build that up to who knows what. I mean, like I said, the kid's potential is limitless, in my opinion. But he could also be the youngest champion in mixed martial arts history if he fights for the title before his birthday in April of 2018. That's some pretty cool stuff. So always had some great performances. He was a little, little critical of this one. Uh, broke his hand early on in the fight and had to make do, but another dominant win for him. And again, guys, keep your eye out. Make sure you pay attention. This kid's going to be a superstar. So we kick things off with AJ McKee. He'll be coming up here in just uh, around 8.15, I'd say. Great conversation with him. Always a cool cat. A lot of love for BJPenn.com and vice versa. Closing out tonight's show, we we're hoping for a third guest, but I won't, I won't drop any names or anything, but um, we we're hoping for a big lightweight name this evening. Uh, unfortunately, looks like they'll be possibly next week. So as always, you guys stay tuned each and every week. But our second guest for the evening, closing out the show, one of the top strikers, not only in the division, but well, not only for the women's division, but in the, in the UFC in general, former Invicta FC champ. And again, one of the most exciting, exciting strikers in the business, but especially at 115 pounds, 
uh, for the ladies. Angela over Killhill. <laughs> You'll actually hear me screw it up in the beginning of our interview. I knew an underhill, and for some reason, when I went to announce her, give her an intro, I said overhill. That was stupid. But anyway, Angela Overkill Hill put on a striking clinic of her performance uh, against Ashley Yoder at the Tough 25 finale. She's now set to face Nina Ansaroff. Um, and that's going to go down at UFC Fight Night 120 in Norfolk, Virginia on uh, November 11th. Nina, very tough, good competitor, up and comer in the division. Most notably known, and I don't know if this is even, you know, good or bad, whatever the case is, but she is the girlfriend of women's champ Amanda Nunes. And apparently, Nunes gave uh, Angela a ton of props in her in her most recent fight. So Angela seems to believe, and I would agree, that Amanda Nunes will be encouraging Nina to really train hard for this one. But again, great fight, great matchup. She's another uh, really, really, in my opinion, exciting fighter and has a lot of potential in the sport. So hopefully we see her rise to all of that potential as well, along with AJ. A couple of up-and-comers tonight. But again, Angela, awesome fighter. And one of my favorite things, being the dork that I am, big fan of her cosplay. She kept doing this cosplay routine for the weigh-ins, did a lot of it in Strike Force. really cool stuff. Uh, we talk all about that uh, towards the end of our conversation, but man, super cool stuff, and unfortunately, Reebok put the kibosh on that. They didn't like it, told her no more weigh-in, uh, weigh-in costumes, no more weigh-in routine. That's like against their brand. They, they don't see their brand enough, which is a shame because, as all of you guys know, mixed martial arts is about personalities. We all love the personalities, so unfortunate. But nonetheless, we'll preview the fight, get her breakdown of Nina as an opponent, talk a bit about the striking in the women's division, where she sees deficiencies, and her own evolution as a mixed martial artist. You know, um, incredible kickboxing career, but uh, still only a few years into into MMA, and she's got a lot of growth to uh, pursue herself. And you'll hear all about that in that she's working with uh, Eric Del Fiero at Alliance MMA now. Um, very happy about that as she can train with uh, women her size. Obviously, those kind of looks are very important in the gym. Um, but nonetheless, great conversation with her. Talk about a lot of stuff. She's super cool. And wait till you hear how she made some of these costumes, man. I'll just say two words, duct tape, incredible stuff. So that's our, that's our show for tonight. Kicking things off with AJ McKee, followed up by Angela Overkill Hill. Another great show, BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice and the voice of you guys, the fans. So because I was off last week, lot of news to cover, but we're only going to touch on a couple of really big topics here for sake of time. Um, I sure as hell missed you guys last week, but, you know, good old Ken had some business to take care of. All is well, but I'm happy to be back in action. First up, lots of craziness over the week, especially the weekend. But I wanted to start things out with John Jones. 
pound for pound greatest fighter of all time, announced last week that he had failed his UFC 214 drug test, stripped of the title, tested positive for Tarinaball. Tarinaball? Forgive me, I don't know my um, steroid pronunciations. But apparently, this is a very well-known steroid. I did a little bit of looking into it. Uh, And now even more questions get raised about his career and his legacy. Malki Kawa, of course, uh, John Jones' uh, good friend and manager, since been on the defensive, uh, says that the hate towards his client, you know, is without due process, it's unfair. And I I agree with him there. Um, But he also said they'll get to the bottom of it, hopefully exonerate Jones. But real quick, let me put on the tinfoil hat here. Be the conspiracy guy. How many athletes have been the victim of tainted supplements in recent history that have all gotten lesser punishments and are under the management of Malkikawa? I completely agree. John Jones should have due process, and uh, we shouldn't be so quick to judge. But he has made so many bad career choices in recent years. Uh, You know, Joe Rogan has called him the biggest fuck-up of all time. Let's see what happens with all this. But John Jones certainly has an uphill battle. And uh, I don't know if I buy Malki Kawa's story that he will be exonerated. I think John's in some trouble here. Yet again. Which is a damn shame because he's the greatest talent to have ever stepped into the sport thus far. Or proven, anyway. And man, I'd hate to see him go out like this. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. This will all continue to unfold and bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. We've got you covered. So stay tuned, but let's talk about May Mac. That's the thing everybody's talking about. Again, we'll touch on it quickly here just for sake of time to get our, uh, get our guests going. First off all the hate on everything, everybody, the hate towards Connor, the hate towards Floyd, the hate towards boxing for even making this fight. All of it. Get over it. It was a good fight, in my opinion. Went the way that a lot of people had expected it to. You know, Connor looked good early. Floyd turned it up. Connor got gassed. Or Floyd turned it up when Connor got gassed, rather. Um, and showed why he's the best. 50-0. and 0. Floyd said it was uh, his game plan to, to let Connor. Wise game plan, as we've seen in the Diaz fight. Just Connor style alone, not very conservative when it comes to energy. So, wise game plan on, on the part of Floyd and his father. Did it hurt boxing? In my opinion, no, it did not. Did it hurt MMA? Sure as hell did not. I think it did the opposite, honestly. I mean, I hope the crossover of fans, I hope it helped both sports. I mean, the boxing fans saw a guy from MMA come in there and do really well early against Floyd. Lost, which everybody expected him to, but he made it a fight. And then, of course, all of the MMA fans that thought Connor was going to go out there and starch him, they realized that the sweet science is called that for a reason. I mean, honestly, Connor earned a ton of respect. You, you, you can't you can't hate on that at all. Um, they both got rich. They're both laughing on their way to the bank right now. Floyd retires with the best record ever, overtaking Rocky Marciano. Connor makes history, goes back to MMA with a ton of clout. 
And quite frankly, I'm interested to see what this means for his negotiations with the company, that being the UFC. Does he get his co-promotion? I mean, does does McGregor uh, uh, does McGregor Promotions, uh, you know, become partners with the UFC? Going to be some intense stuff coming forward as to how Connor's career and relationship with the co- with the company uh, progresses. But what's next for Connor? This is what everybody's talking about, of course. Some people are saying it should be the uh, winner the winner of uh, Tony Ferguson and um, Kevin Lee. Some say he should fight Malinaji. A lot of people want to see him stay in boxing. I say, not to say that what I'm saying matters, but I'm sure a lot of you have the same same sentiment. Make the damn Diaz trilogy fight. Winner fights the interim champ. Yes, Connor could stay in boxing. In my opinion, I think he did well enough. Will he be successful? Who knows, but he'll make a ton of money. Yes, Tony Ferguson and Khabib both the rightful number one contenders or however you want to phrase that, you know, they're both at the top of the division. They both deserve the fight at this point, but let's be realistic guys. North Korea is flying bombs over Japan. Donald Trump's the president. Life is crazy. Why do we got to wait? <laughs> like why wait? Just make the damn fight. But seriously though, Make the damn Diaz fight. The fans want it. Diaz wants it. Connor knows he's going to make a ton of money on it. It's his biggest payday coming back to mixed martial arts. As far as pay-per-view revenue goes, I know the Khabib fight would be huge in Russia. They'd have a crazy gate. That would be awesome. But everybody wants to see the Diaz fight. Make that shit happen. So that's what really grinds my gears. But seriously, for everything on this news, for all the stuff I missed from this week, Tons of stuff I missed. For everything in this sport that you love, guys, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news, we've got you covered. The fighter's voice, the voice of you guys, the fans. Like I said, make sure you bookmark the site. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. Stay up to date. Set up alerts on your phone. Get the breaking news when it breaks before everybody else. bjpen.com. I've rambled enough. Let's get into these interviews. Kicking things off, as I said earlier, AJ the Mercenary McKee. Great conversation with him, as always. I know you guys will enjoy it. Kid's pretty funny, too. And apparently, he's got a badass Honda CRX. You'll hear that towards the end, but for any of you motorheads out there, uh, that was a zippy little car from the late 80s, early 90s. Pretty cool stuff. So, BJPenn.com radio. I'm your host, Kinch, guys. Coming up next, the mercenary, A.J. McKee. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show one of MMA's surging prospects, one of the youngest badasses on the scene today, undefeated Bellator featherweight, A.J. the mercenary McKee. Pleasure to have you on as always, A.J., but before we jump into things, man, aside from the training and the fighting, how has your summer been so far? It's been good, man, Mainly staying focused, locking down on the career, and uh, trying to get things done. Very good. And, of course, you know, I have to ask about the recently uh, born baby to the McKee family. Growing fast, I assume. Oh, my God, dude. Look at the specimen. It's honestly kind of freaky. He he came out and he lifted his head up as soon as he came out of uh, of Savvy. So this this little kid's going to be a monster. (laughs) 
and of course it runs in the blood to to, to be damn good at uh competition and combat sports that's for sure but yeah man it's crazy like um my niece recently had her first day of school and i was blown away this kid literally ran to the bus jumped on the bus didn't say bye to her dad she's like i want to go to school never really see that in a kid so you're right man they do grow up too quick but uh, we're just days removed from your history-making win over uh, Blair Tugman at Bellator 182 over the weekend. Give us your thoughts on your performance, and uh, what, is it, what does it mean to you to now hold the record for, or tied record, for longest winning streak in the company's history? Um, it feels good to have the record, you know, but uh, I'm, I'm just getting started. There's many records and many big things that I want to do. Um, as far as the fight, everybody says it was a good fight. My dad says it was a good fight, but... For me, you know, I, I wasn't too impressed. I really didn't like it. But uh, with the circumstances of what was going on and what had happened, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's still a win. So I can't I can't be mad. You know, God gave me the victory. He gave me the glory. So uh, that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Well, I know for sure. In previous conversations, man, you've always been your toughest critic, and especially when you don't get a finish, I, I know you're uh, you're kind of bummed out. But as everybody else is saying, was a great performance pretty cool to accomplish you know all of these things considering how long you know bellator has been in business and how hard it is to put together a win streak like that in general uh but what's even more impressive is that in nine pro fights you break a record like that you know i think fe- people are finally starting to realize something that they should have realized last year or even the year before and that's we're all looking at a future champion when we look at you fight are you finally feeling like you're breaking out into that potential stardom in mma um i don't know i've always well, for me, I've always felt that I was that, and I've always felt that I, I need, I like, I am that, and I should be there, you know. But uh, in this game, you gotta, you gotta have the people get you there. So, um, winning over the people is it's not always easy in America, but uh, it's sounds, <laughs> you know. You, you gotta, you gotta show them what they want, you know, instead of uh, talking about it. If you show them, you know, action speaks louder than words, pretty much. Yeah, for sure. And I think the underground fans are very appreciative of what you've been able to accomplish and definitely look at you as that that future champion. But the casuals are tough for any athlete in this day and age, so I wouldn't fault yourself there. But I think, you know, it's finally starting to break through for you. And that kind of, you know, leads to a couple questions I have later on. But first of all, tell us about the opponent. Was he as tough as you as you had expected? And did Blair do anything in there that surprised you at all? Um. Honestly, it was it was. I, I was really just disappointed because like I saw so many openings, and that's it's like having a pistol. You know, if you have a pistol and you have no bullets, it's kind of useless. So it's like I I just saw so many openings and opportunities that I I really relied on because being a southpaw, your left hand is literally everything. You know, people don't see it. It's straight down the middle. It's an overhand. So just being able to adapt and uh, and change your whole game. In, in the fight, you know, that that's what it's all about. Most guys aren't able to do that. They're mostly one-dimensional fighters stuck moving forward and back and just doing the same thing. Yeah, overcoming adversity, being able to adapt in between rounds or during the fight in general, that's definitely a task of a veteran, you know, and you've kind of already got that quality. So uh, this, you know, kind of transitions into my next question here. Another interesting point about this fight for me was that, uh, you know, this was your first fight against a much older guy, like kind of an old dog, if you if you would, uh, you know, experience, power, uh, 37 years of age, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and you made it look easy yet again, and even given the circumstances, uh, you're really starting to resemble like a John Jones, in my opinion, you know, aside from all the all of his controversy, of course, 
but has anyone made that comparison to you before? And would you agree that you've got that that it factor that like a John Jones has, especially for your age? Um, I actually, I've I've done that. I was the one comparing myself to John Jones just because that's that's kind of part of one of my goals and my achievements that I want to uh, do is he's the youngest champ ever at 23 in, in mixed martial arts. So. For me, I want to be the youngest champ ever at 22 since I'm 22. So I've got until April to do that. Yeah, actually, you know what? That's ringing a bell to me. I remember you mentioning that the last time we spoke, that, that it is a goal for you to get it done before your birthday in April. But in that case, you know, so what's next for you, man? I know we've talked about how the promotion is wisely building you up in, in, in previous conversations we've had. But are you getting anxious now to, to make that big step up and face some of the recognize, recognizable names or even the champion, for that matter? Um, for me, you know, I'm always ready. I'm, I was ready my first fight to go and then fight for that title. So for me, it's, it's, it's whenever my dad says go, you know, until then I'm going to continue to work hard in the gym, put in the work, and uh, just entertain and put my 100% in there. So uh, I don't know. It's It's... This is kind of this is my lifestyle, you know. This is how I take care of my family. This is this is what I do, you know. And at the end of the day, it is business. So we have to sit down, talk some numbers, and uh, see 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 what there is, you know. Because the things that I'm putting into existence and I would say manifestation, you know, words are very powerful. So the things that I say I'm going to do and that I'm wanting to do and I'm going to do, there's going to be a lot of record breaking, you know. Yeah. Youngest champ ever. Uh, I'm going to do a father-son fight. Go down as the first two professional athletes to keep her. The second uh, father and sons to go compete as professional athletes. And the only people that have done that were in baseball. So it's kind of different when it's a hands-on physical sport like this. And then Conor McGregor, he, he literally did exactly what I said, what, four years ago or something? Go in there and be two-way champion. So... And then also, the Floyd of MMA. Uh, my O is not looking to go. I, I get scared thinking about it going anywhere. But uh, I just I don't let it show. You know, you got you to gotta block all that fear out and go in there and, and do what you do. You know, that's really honest and candid of you, man. I think a lot of people that are undefeated, like you said there, whether it be hiding that or not showing it, you've got to imagine that at the end of the day, you go in there, as much as they might say, hey, it's just a fight. It'll be a learning experience. If anything, I'm just going in there to win and worry about me. At the end of the day, losing that O is a big deal in the sport because it's so uncommon. Uh, you make a great point there. But speaking of potential contenders for you or, or uh, potential matchups moving forward for you, uh, I'd imagine that James Gallagher is still on your radar. Honestly, he was, he was never really on my radar in, in the beginning. Like, But it's just a matter of respect, you know? Um, so... Hey, we we can take. I'll take that uh, payday any day. <laughs> What'd you think of his performance against Chinzo? Um, Chinzo choked. He got in his head. Chinzo was shitting bricks out there, and he let him get in his head, trying to act like Connor and do all that other crazy wild crap that he did. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I, I, all he does is choke people out with rear nakeds. Like it, it's cool, you know, to get a submission, but. He's not confident like that. If you're going to be confident, go out there, stand up, and put on a show. And, and he doesn't have it, you know. He thinks he has it. He wants to have it. But true deep down in, he knows he doesn't have it. And that's and I'm going to show him he doesn't have it if he ever mans the hell up. 
Yeah, I know. We you talked about that before last time we spoke. You'd said that this was never really something you were interested in. But if he was going to talk shit, then you were definitely going to you know put him in his place. Um, so I'm wondering, has there been any more talk about this? Have you run into him at all in an event? You know, what do you think the likelihood of him taking this fight actually is? Um, I, I don't know. I ran into him at uh, the London event. I was talking to our, our media guy, and there's there's a big picture out of him standing next to me talking about AJ and James, your buddy, buddy. But, but what had happened was I was sitting there with uh, CJ, our, our Bellator media guy, and I was talking to him about some stuff. And then uh, Gallagher walks up, and dumbass, there's a big-ass paper sitting on the table that says Wi-Fi password. He's like, hey, CJ, you need a Wi-Fi password? I was like, right there, dickhead, you want the paper? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think he, he wanted to try to cut and be cool. But, yeah, man, he's he's a little disrespectful shit. Aaron Pico's with us full-time, too, now. So uh, I guess he's he said some things, like, out-of-pocket really crazy to Pico. He's, he's never done that to me in person because if he does, he already, he already knows what it is. Yeah, you, I, I think it's a fight that, that everybody wants to see just for the animosity that I guess he's built up on his end. But uh, you've always been cool as a cucumber, and, and I know that uh, you'd be more anxious to get in there and show what you guys, how different you guys are when it comes to actual competition. Um, but changing gears here for a minute, speaking of Irishmen, you mentioned Connor and, and also Floyd Mayweather there earlier. What did you think of that fight overall? What did I say in my last fight? Floyd, go get that shit, man. <laughs> that dude's amazing, man. He's, He's put in so much work. He's mastered his own craft, and uh, it is what it is. You know, people don't like him. People don't respect him. People judge him for, like, him and things he's been in trouble for. But, like, at the end of the day, you don't know that person, you know? Yeah. So one thing one thing I'll always do is respect him for his work ethic and the way he takes care of his family at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, I'm even guilty of that, being maybe a little too critical over his past with the domestic violence stuff. But at the end of the day, I, you're right. All people deserve forgiveness, and – Regardless, his work ethic, what he's what he's able to do in there, uh, definitely impressive stuff and commands a ton of respect. Uh, but when you watch the fight, I mean, did either guy do anything that surprised you? Were you surprised at how long uh, Connor lasted? Yeah, uh, no, Connor started being a pussy. He didn't want to move forward. If he would have went in there and tried to bully Floyd and rough him up like he does everyone else in the MMA, he would have had a much better chance. He went in there trying to pop Floyd and keep him long with his jab. That's not going to work. Floyd Floyd knew exactly what he had to do. Wait for him to get tired and break him. Yeah. Connor break. If I get caught in a choke, I'm not tapping. I'm going to sleep. Right. And that's how I knew Connor breaks. It's it's just it's the mindset. You know, there's there's different versions of mindset. Literally, when I train. When I get tired and I'm I'm done, like I have nothing left, I get mad and I start crying. And my dad can confirm that. That's when you're going to get a monster. There's a little monster in me that that comes out sometimes, and I'm kind of scared of it. I'm not going to lie, because it's kind of kind of freaky. Well, you know, man, I, I know I went through that type that type of stuff. I mean, at least as a kid, you get so frustrated that you can't do something, and then you don't want anybody's help to do it. You know, you want to get it right and be able to do it. That is frustrating, and that again, only lends itself to your incredible work ethic as well. So, uh, But when you think about this fight, how Connor did, I mean, obviously you say if he, if he had a different game plan, things would have gone much differently. I think a lot of people would agree with you. But, 
Uh, do you think you should box again? And after seeing an MMA fighter in the ring, in the squared circle, would you ever consider potentially competing in boxing yourself? Um, yeah, of course, man. You know, I'm, I love boxing. I've done boxing. I go up to wild card and do boxing. So uh, it, it's an option, you know. I like that boxing money, you know. I feel, I feel a lot of fighters should get what they're it, – it, it's such a new sport, you know, and it's evolving, and the system's evolving as well with it. But uh, I don't know, man. It's just it's a matter of time. Uh, what I think Connor should do is take a little break, enjoy life. Let me get this first belt. <laughs> then I get the second belt, and then I whoop his ass. Well, I'll tell you what, with the potential of interpromotional uh, events going on and, and, and the doors that this cross-promotion did open, that's a fight I would sure love to see once you accomplish the goals you've set out. Um, but I personally think we could see a lot more crossover fights if, if the Ali Act does get passed for MMA. Uh, I know your dad's always been a, been a big advocate for fighter rights. Uh, do you see that as a likelihood going forward if, if the... For, well, first of all, do you think the Ali Act will get passed for MMA? And if it does, do you think we'll see a lot more crossover? It, it does, but just like this world, things evolve, you know, so it's going to need new modifications, and it's also going to need new things every every so often. Because this, this sport, I, honestly, I don't even really call it a sport at this point. It's getting to be a sport, but I feel it's more entertainment, you know. Everyone likes the gory, crazy, flashy knockouts. Mm. And that, that's, just, that's just how humans are, you know? Even back in the gladiator days, it's what we like, you know? We don't get to see it that much anymore. So MMA is like the closest, the most craziest thing that people have really seen, you know? So that's why it's, it's trending so fast and growing and just really blowing up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're true. It's a constant work in progress. And as we've seen with, rulings by state athletic commissions and and changing to the rule books uh and you know things things in regards with referees and whatnot definitely a work in progress and the point you make there if if the ali act does get passed it's going to have to constantly be amended uh as the years progress but listen aj you've been more than generous with your time as always just a couple more questions here for you uh i know you're well we love it too my man i mean it's good to have these relationships with especially an up-and-comer like yourself, man. I don't know. I'm sure you get plenty of media, but anytime you'd ever like to come on, it's it's absolutely our pleasure, man. I see a bright future for you, and uh, I have no doubt that you will be a future champ. But speaking of which, I know you're a guy that likes to stay active. How quickly are you looking to get back in there? Is there any date or card that you really have your eyes on? Maybe uh, I know Bellator likes to do the, the do the New Year's Eve event. Give me a call. I'm ready. Um, hopefully this hand is uh, getting better. It, it, they said it's not really too jacked up, so I'm, I'm going to follow up with my doctor this this week, probably towards the end of the week, see what the deal is. And, uh, man, I'm ready to get back in there whenever. Hopefully uh, I get on the November card out there in Ireland, go show Ireland who the, the true Irish woman is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So in regards to the hand, I mean, I know you want to get your own personal doctor's uh, uh, look over as well, but, I mean, have you had uh, had an x-ray? Is it broken? Is it fractured? Um, he said that when I went to that hospital, they were super packed and they were under, uh, they had they didn't have enough workers. Yeah. So he was running back and forth, back and forth. He was like, I, I don't really see. He said, I may see a slight fracture. But he said, I don't, I don't really see anything that much. He said, there's a lot of swelling and there's built-up scar tissue. 
So uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what my doctor says, but it's uh, not going to stop me. So that, that's for sure. I'll be in the gym working on that right hand. So in regards to opponent, aside from Gallagher, we know we all know how that could potentially play out if he's willing to sign the contract. Anybody else that makes sense for you in your next fight? I mean, clearly the champion is 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 the goal, but looking forward for your next opponent. Anybody else you, that you have in mind? Whoever they put in front of me, I want a tricky pitbull. Honestly, that's what I want. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, we gotta sit down, have that talk. I don't know. Hopefully, after this fight, I don't know, get a, a New Year's card or something. I don't know. We'll put something together for sure. But New Year's would be a sick card. I just wonder where they would do that. Right. Well, maybe if it'd be cool if they got an opportunity to go back to Madison Square Garden or or maybe Vegas, something like that. But uh, I agree, it'd be great to see you on that card. That's the first one that popped into my mind. Uh, but just to go back to the promotion, building you up the right way here, uh, your dad's guidance as well, you know, being patient, considering all that, is it is it realistic to think that we could finally see you challenging for that title early 2018 and get the chance to break history before your uh, birthday in April? Um, Talent-wise, yes, most definitely, easy, for sure. It's, it's definitely there, it's definitely in the air, but... It's, it's entertainment, you know. You got you to gotta pull the viewings. I got to get my name out there, and I, I got to just keep keep entertaining. But hopefully hopefully you get James Gallagher next and uh, put him on ESPN, World Star and Sports Center Top 10, getting knocked out too. <laughs> and then I get tagged in it, and then I get all those followers. Well, I'll tell you, man, anything we can do to help, that's for sure. You guys have been great to us. Always had a ton of respect for your dad, so... Um, you know, anything we could do, I'd be more than happy to help. I think that you are that breakthrough star in Bellator that the company really needs too, as a homegrown talent, you know, not one of these guys that's jumped ship from the UFC that has that name, uh, recognition, but to become one of the actual stars of Bellator that were built within the promotion, uh, that would be really cool. So I know you'd match up well against, uh, Patricio certainly hope that fight is in the near future. In conclusion, man, tell all the fans where they can find you on social media and why should everybody make sure to tune in for your next fight? All my social media is AJ McKee 101. Um, Twitter is AJ McKee Jr. I'm actually locked out of that right now. But I, go ahead and give me a follow. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm talking to Twitter about getting it. Um, I got to give all the glory to the man upstairs. Nothing today, today, tomorrow, yesterday would be possible without him. I got to give a huge shout out to you for having me. Um, and of course, my pops, man. He's He's, he's, he's the man. That's, that's, that's kind of an understatement. Yeah, for sure. Again, I've always had a great deal of respect for your pops. Uh, one of my early, earlier interviews when I first got into this. So, uh, super cool guy. Again, ton of respect for you. Always a pleasure to speak with you, my man. Looking forward to the next fight. All that the future has in store. And uh, hopefully we get to uh, keep working together as you get this rise to fame. Um, I guess you got in your shout-outs, my man. Uh, yeah, all my sponsors, uh, TC1, Affliction, Bad Boy, Line of Egg Whites, who else? Oh, Skunk 2, I just got sponsored by Skunk 2, I'm the first, uh, I would say, professional athlete with the car racing company, so Skunk 2, thanks for hooking me up with all my parts for my car. What the, what, so, what, what kind of, is it just, what, aftermarket stuff, or? Um, it's, I honestly, I don't Skunk 2's been around for a while, it's, kind of a, a big company in the racing industry. Okay. So they do they do imports and Hondas and stuff. Oh, so cool. uh yeah, they hooked me up with a bunch of parts. I'm redoing my engine and my C R X, which is gonna be a monster. 
CRX, man. What year is that bad boy? 91. Sick, dude. I had a buddy, I had a buddy with the pipe dreams that he was going to do that um, mod where you get the, you know, you, you tub out the back tires and put the 350 in it and all that stuff. Never ended up doing it, but man, that, that, that thing was a fun car. So uh, make sure you post a bunch of pictures when it's done, man. Most definitely. It's going to be a Ford banger, a Ford banger that'll dust the Lambo. Yeah, right? Twin turbos or what? Single, single, B18 turbo all the way. All right, man. Looking forward to it, but make sure you drive safe, as always. Uh, again, greatly appreciate the time, AJ. We'll catch up uh, with you when the next fight gets announced, and I hope the hand uh, heals up well. All right, thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, always All a right. pleasure, man. You have a good night. All right, Penn Nation, there you have it. AJ the Mercenary McKee. Pretty cool CRX stuff, like I said, for all you motorheads. Car has a lot of potential. Let's just say that. Tiny little two-door. Like I mentioned, they made it in the late 80s, early 90s. And like I was talking about with my buddy there, um, people were modding it. They were jacking up the rear end, putting huge tires on it, like dragster tires, dropping crazy engines into this little, little car. Things nuts. So all the more props to him for getting that badass sponsorship. Another record, if you will, being the uh, first athlete outside of car racing to to get that kind of sponsorship. But make sure you drive safe, AJ. So, sky's the limit for the kid. I'd really like to see him accomplish that record of being able to capture the title before turning 23. And how cool would it be to, for, for him to capture two belts, build up his name a bit, maybe fight Conor McGregor in the future, in the first ever, well, not first ever, but first of recent history, cross-promotion for MMA would be really cool stuff. So like I said, guys, keep your eyes on this kid. Future champ, AJ the Mercenary McKee. Under great guidance of MMA veteran Antonio McKee, his father, he's been kicking ass and taking names in Bellator, and I truly do believe that uh, he will be holding holding that featherweight strap in Bellator in the very near future. So up next, UFC strawweight, really cool chick. <laughs> I mean, seriously, guys. If you've not seen Angela's awesome cosplay, make sure you go check it out. Just Google Angela Hill cosplay. Very detail-oriented. Super cool stuff. Again, a real shame that Reebok uh, is stopping her from doing this moving forward, but hopefully they have a change of tune with that. Incredible. I mean... I said two words earlier, duct tape. You can do some amazing stuff with it. And uh, she is one of those people. So she's got a fight coming up with Nina Ansaroff, UFC Fight Night 120, Norfolk, Virginia. That's coming up on November 11th. Another fight in the right direction for her, climbing the rankings. As I mentioned, former Invicta FC champ, 
lot of potential, and I have no doubt that she could be challenging for a title within the next year or so. You'll also hear a bit about, not only are we going to preview the fight, but she thinks she'd do pretty well against uh, Ioana on Jacek. And striking for striking? I sure as hell want to watch it. Be very entertaining. Uh, so, let's not waste any more time. We'll just jump right into it. Coming up next, UFC women's strawweight, former Invicta FC champ, Angela Overkill Hill. And as I said, I do mess it up in the beginning of this inter- interview. I call her Overhill, which is a mistake. Don't make fun of me. BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice, the voice of the fans. I'm Kinch. And again, coming up next, Angela Overkill Hill. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show, former Invicta strawweight champ, undefeated kickboxer, and one of the UFC's most promising strawweight athletes, Angela Overhill, Overkill Hill. Thank you for joining the show today, Angela. How was your lunch? It was good. It was good. I had a grilled cheese with uh, turkey, bacon, and uh, avocado. Sounds, sounds delicious. So, very good. Well, let's, let's not waste any time here. We'll jump right into it. It was announced yesterday that you'll be taking on uh, Nina Ansaroff at UFC Fight Night 120 in Norfolk, Virginia on November 11th. How excited are you to get back into action? I'm super excited. Um, I wanted to get back in there sooner, but, like, as soon as I have a date, I'm, like, good to go. Like, I don't... I, I just hate that uncertainty of, like, not knowing when or who or, you know what I mean? So, so it feels really good to, like, have a date and have an opponent and, like, you know, the contract signing, signing all happened super quick this time. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, oh, also, I'm from the East Coast. I grew up in Maryland, and um, and I went to school in uh, in New York, so, like, I'm I'm super excited as well just because this is going to be one of the first fights that I can actually have people from my hometown actually come and support. So it should be fun. That, that's perfect. That's That was going to be my next question. You know, before we break down the matchup, I saw on Twitter that this fight is taking place very close to where you grew up in Maryland. Safe to assume you'll be getting plenty of ticket requests for this one. Oh, yeah. I already got a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So immediate family only <laughs> for the for the ticket request. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it's going to be really nice just to have that, like, uh, you know, that home crowd still. Uh, I know, like, last my last fight, there were a lot of people from uh, Ashley Yoder's team or whatever and so after I beat her they were all booing and I'm like what the fuck you know you're just like, like come on guys it's not like they got robbed I beat her you know but, um, so it'll be nice to hear like you know even if I like do something like like barely jab her this time everyone's gonna go oh you know like, she like trips everyone freaks out you know like it's gonna be nice having that hometown crowd behind me absolutely Absolutely. So in regards to Nina, she's uh, one and two in her UFC career coming off a submission win back in January. Give us your thoughts on her as an opponent and where do you think she's most dangerous? Um, I, I, I haven't really been able to like check her out really. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to do a little bit of research, but, uh, you know, she, she reminds me of, uh, Yoder, uh, just size wise and, you know, bigness. She seems like one of the bigger, uh, strawweights. 
So, um, so yeah, I think I think her striking's a little better, a little more nuanced than Yoda's. But aside from that, I feel like she's kind of the same type of opponent, just like an all-around type of person. Like, you know, good, good, good at everything, but not like amazing at one particular thing. Okay. Um, but I have to like look at the look at her tape to actually see like what what's happened in her last fight. I, I don't really remember. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. fight was just announced. It's it's only fair that you haven't had a chance to study the opponent. But stylistically, you know, I think it's safe to say that you have the striking advantage over most of the women in the division. And this might be another opportunity for you to show that stand-up ability. I'm wondering, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think I think most fights that I have that I'm gonna have in the division, I'm gonna be able to, uh, you know, just showcase my striking as long as. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just like, you know, the the one hurdle that I've always had to get over is just people going for takedowns nonstop. And it's always annoying because, like, you go, once they get the takedown, they just hold. But that gets you points. But I feel like now the, uh, the, the judging's kind of swaying in the favor of, you know, the person who's doing more damage as opposed to just the person who gets the takedown and just holds on for their life. Yeah. So I feel like uh, I feel like people of that type of style, they're going to have to start mixing it up. Like, uh, you know, like uh, Randa versus, Randa Marcos versus Carla Sparza, for example. I thought she won that fight, um, but it could just be like, you know, an issue of Randa doing more damage, even though she got taken down more and, you know, even though she was on the bottom more during that fight. So, yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like the judges are kind of swaying in the favor of me <laughs> from the from the more recent fights I've seen. Um, but you never know what's going to happen. So I really just want to knock her out for sure. <laughs> and, um, and I feel like, you know, I, I feel like she's going to come in stronger than my last girl. So I feel like, uh, you know, the, the better the opponent, the more opportunity to actually knock them out just because they're coming forward more. Yeah, I think that's one of the... Th I've actually talked about that on this show quite a bit, the, the judging criteria and how it's really not clear for anyone. And in all reality, I think most fans, media, fighters alike, we would all try to rather replicate that, that Japanese style of uh, judging damage over, like you said, takedowns, holding, that kind of thing. Point system's a little screwy. But, uh, you know, speaking of all of this, it seems like the division is well aware of your striking skills, and I'd imagine that, as you mentioned there, the game plan against you is always to bring the fight to the ground, hold on for dear life. That being said, I know you're working at Alliance MMA, improving your overall game, you know, on the day-by-day. -day. Tell us a little bit about your evolution as a mixed martial artist and how beneficial working with that team has been for you. Uh, it's been super beneficial. Um, you know, we there's so many different body types I can go with, uh, but the biggest benefit is being able to go with people who actually fight in my weight class. And so I've gotten a lot of good looks with, like, uh, you know, really, like, high-class grapplers. And, um, and you know, I, I, my, my weaknesses were exposed in my fights, but they're also exposed in, like, you know, everyday sparring and grappling. And, and uh, you know, it's an eye-opener. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, like, you know, excuses you can make in the gym when you're not going up against someone your size or your gender like if i'm if i'm like sparring a guy who's like you know my size or it's almost my size but you know really strong i could be like oh well he tapped me because i was strong or because he was stronger than me or oh he uh he got that takedown because he's like you know more built and 
you know, with with uh, Alliance, I don't really have the chance to make that excuse. I'm like, oh, she got it. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, she yeah. got the takedown. She got the sub. Like, I got to fix that. Um, so, so it's nice to be able to get those checks um, before I get in the case, like, before I get in front of, like, thousands of people uh, on stage. Like, I'm getting it in the gym every day. And, you know, it's, it's, really, uh, it's really been able to up my level as, as an athlete and as a martial artist. Oh, very good. You know, th- this kind of segues into my next question here perfectly. Uh, when you look at the division, you know, I, I, I assume that obviously solid takedown defense would allow you to truly shine in MMA. I know you would agree with that, but do you see a clear striking deficit when you watch a lot of the athletes in the strawweight division? Uh, Yeah, I do. Um, But I also see it in my fight. Like, I, I, I see, like, I'll watch a video from a day in sparring, and I'll watch a video from my fight, and I'm like, man, I could have done this, this, and this. So it's definitely a lot harder than it looks, you know, yeah. um, when you're when you're just watching two people standing there striking. Like, you're, you're not actually seeing what's going on in their head, what they prepared for the other person to do, what, like, how they were feeling that day. So, yeah, like I definitely think my striking is on a is on another level compared to a lot of the fighters I see, but I don't see them in the gym. I don't no. see what they look like on their best day, and I feel like I haven't shown like half as half as good as I can actually look yet. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm just working towards showing off how good I actually am and showing off like I I really want to show in the USC, like what a good sparring day for me looks like. So, um, so yeah, I, th- I think there's, it's a really hard thing to accomplish, but that's the goal I'm working towards. Yeah, you hear that time and time again. Uh, there's been a lot of fighters that, that look great in the gym. For instance, everybody always said this about Mike Pyle. Guy looked like a world beater in the gym, but just couldn't put it together in the fight. So you're absolutely correct. You can't really judge a performance. Uh, on someone's overall skills, unless you see what they look like in the gym as well and how that translates into the fight. But that being said, a fight that would obviously be a lot of fun for the fans and without question a stand-up battle would be yourself against the champ, Joanna. I know this fight isn't realistic to think of now, but give us your thoughts on her skills and, and, and how you both match up given a hypothetical opportunity to fight her. Oh, man, I'd love to fight her. I think uh, the main mistake people make when fighting her is that they always try to take her down. And the one thing that I actually do respect about her is her takedown defense. Like, it's it's really fucking good. Also, she's big. Like, she's huge. So I'll be surprised if by the time I'm in title contention, she'll still be fighting at 115. Because um, just from seeing her size up against Andrade after I fought her, like, she looks like a huge monster. Like, that's her. So, um... So yeah, like I, I I think um I think like the main mistake people most people make is trying to trying to take her down. I think the easiest way is just try to outpoint her on the feet. Um but at the same time, you know, I'm looking from a different perspective. Yeah. Like I I can read certain things. I see when certain things are coming that like other people may not be uh, as used to, you know, the same way I I may not see the fact that someone's going to go for a weird takedown or a spinning attack or something like that, but someone who's been training all their life is going to see it. Um, so, yeah, I feel like if I were to fight her, like, it, it would, the, the easiest way to 
beat her is to just stand with her and not waste my energy on trying to take her down yeah. until like maybe maybe she got hurt by something or dropped by something then maybe go for a takedown just for points but um but yeah i think she's she's definitely like knock outable i think she's definitely easy to drop and i feel like um i feel like her power isn't as as crazy as people think she she but she's really good at volume yeah. so she'll put her pad as a person um maybe throw an elbow get a cut and then that's when she starts breaking them down yeah it's kind of like the diaz brothers you you know when to throw the power but the volume overall is is what does the damage or leads to the damaging blow uh but changing gears changing gears here for a moment I think a lot of hardcore fans were disappointed that the UFC and Reebok were not supportive, not supportive of your cosplay weigh-in routine. How disappointed were you? Uh, was that for you? And, and what was the reaction from your fans? Um, it you know it sucks because I felt like it would have it would have like made a wrinkle and you know the, like the internet or whatever you call it uh, might have gone viral or something. Um, but you know it's it's not really about that. It's just kind of about my my whole preparation towards the fight. So I was still able to, you know, throw that into my routine. If anything, it was like a learning experience. Like I know, I know next time to do something a little more discreet and maybe it'll get past, (laughs) get past the the Reebok, the Reebok heads or whatever. Um, But yeah, like I wasn't, I wasn't super disappointed. I still, I was still able to kind of get into character and, and get that game face going, and that's really what it's all about—just to get my game face and and just go in there and just be be whatever character or monster that I'm trying to be that camp. Well, I mean, this is clearly something that that you've uh, you know th- that you've been passionate about for a long time here, and uh, I'm wondering, you know, this this kind of goes along with your background in in art and design. I'm wondering, can you tell us a little bit about how that's all translated into your martial arts game? Um, yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's funny because I feel like I have a new understanding of fighting games after becoming a fighter. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, like, blocking makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, like, I, I, I really enjoy, like, that part of, of fight camp. Like, it's a good way for me to get my mind off of all the stress and, and all the craziness that goes through your head, all the self-doubt and everything. And I'm really able to, like, just get my mind off of the actual task at hand. And, um, and you know, it's just like a weird thing. Like, most people don't know that feeling of preparing, preparing, preparing for this event that's, you know, uh, very likely going to change the direction your life goes. But yeah. you know when the event's going to happen. Most people, these events, like, they don't know it's going to happen. It'll be like something crazy happens all of a sudden. Um, but for us, we know exactly the date. We know what we have to do. We know what oh, who's going to be standing in our way. And so it's it's really a mind fuck uh, a lot of the times if you're if you don't have any way to, to um, I don't know, just get away from it. Uh, so like yeah, like video games and and the cosplay stuff that I've been doing, it's really just been helping me not overthink it um, and just go in there and just you know treat it like another day in the office as opposed to this big scary like eventful thing. Well, you make a great point there. I think a lot of the fans look at you know unfortunately the fans like to judge everybody by their last fight, but they don't take into consideration like you just said life-changing emo- uh, events like that are sometimes just completely random 
acts of whatever God, if you want to say that. But in reality, you guys have to look at that date all the way there and the, the emotions, all of those things considered. That's a lot to deal with. But I've got to say the Afro Samurai getup was on point. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, do you make do you make these things yourself? Yeah, yeah, that that one I was really proud of. I, I was happy you brought that one up because everyone always talks about Sagat, and I'm like, well, well, it was really just like you know, duct tape and and gauze. <laughs> That's all I really did for that one. Um, but yeah, I really, I I I usually like uh, at least for Invicta, I would go and and find different materials and put it together. So like for the Afro Samurai, I was able to find like a like a taekwondo gi and yeah. like some nursing pants, <laughs> so I made it out of that. Um, and then like I I, I made like some Japanese looking uh, sandals out of like some flip flops I had. Uh, but yeah, like I'll, I'll usually just like MacGyver together like an outfit yeah. from whatever I have lying around. I might go to like a thrift store or something, or like grab some like duct tape or something from a craft store or something like that. So the the vault you the vault dweller one too you made that as well yeah I made it out of you know those um <laughs> thank you uh you know those um those party suits where it zips over your head oh yeah 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 I found the blue one and I made it out of that I cut like the head off and then I detailed it with with gold duct tape and, <laughs> and like that I drew it all that was duct tape really yeah yeah wow. it's pretty crazy what you could do with duct tape it's like one of those crazy materials what do they say um, what do they say it, ho- it holds the world together right exactly there you go <laughs> it's actually the equator is actually one long strip of duct tape yeah, around right. there yeah you know? but um <laughs> yeah and uh the the pit boy I made out of like foam and and cardboard and just painted that Wow. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> wow. Wow. That you I got to say you've got a real talent for that. So, again, it's just a shame it's just a shame that the UFC doesn't allow you to kind of express yourself in that way. And I know that like you said it going viral or whatever the case is, I know the MMA community reacts really positively to that kind of thing, just like Roxanne, uh, Roxanne Modafferi. So, it's unfortunate maybe maybe they'll change their tune one day, but listen, you've been more than generous with your time. I don't want to take up too much time. Uh, from you today. Getting back to November 11th. This will be your third fight in 2017. Assuming you come out of this fight injury-free, how quickly would you like to get back in there? Could we possibly see you fight again before uh, the, the beginning of the New Year? Yeah, I'd love to be on the New Year's show. I feel like that'd be enough time to heal up. Uh, I'd have like at least six, six seven weeks uh, before that. So yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, aside from that, you know, I haven't looked that far in the, in the schedule yet, but... Uh, but, yeah, I want to get back in as soon as possible. Like, after my last fight, I wasn't injured at all. Uh, fight, be- <laughs> fight before that either. I was trying to get a fight, like, you know, as soon as, like, a month afterwards. Right. So, um, so, yeah, I'm always trying to stay active, always trying to improve. I just – I really want to get away from that uh, – that negative on my record um like i'm undefeated outside of the ufc but in the ufc i have this like this looming like you know uh uh loss versus win thing over my head so i really just want to get past those losses and build up my record and just you know get experience and hopefully get some like good knockouts on the way so yeah i i would i would agree i would agree and i think and I think the fans are are, are definitely uh, definitely very inclined to to like you, and 
a couple good performances. There's no reason you couldn't be a breakout star for the following uh, calendar year. But while she isn't the most recognizable strawweight on the UFC roster, she's well known for being the partner of the champ, Amanda Nunes. Uh, I'm wondering, do you look at this fight as an opportunity in that regard at all? Um, well, yeah, I know, uh, I know I have Nunez's respect, uh, she came up to me after, uh, the Andrade fight, it was just like, yo, amazing fight, so, I know she's gonna be telling her, like, hey, you have to train hard for this, and, um, and, you know, like, I, I don't really think, like, if people are gonna know much about her, aside from the fact that she's Nunez's girlfriend but she is tough and yeah. it's always disappointing when people expect you to win against like a really tough person because you're like shit what if i don't you know <laughs> so it's like it's like it's always one of those like it's another one of those mind fucks that happens but um but yeah i don't think she can beat me anywhere and i i really honestly feel like this is going to be a fight where i can get a knockout uh, just because she's going to come forward and try to try to make a statement the same way i'm going to so uh so, yeah, I think it's going to be a good win. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be active. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Well, we're certainly looking forward to it. I know you haven't had an opportunity to study tape on her, but when you visualize the fight playing out, what's your official prediction? Uh, KO. <laughs> All, right. All right. We'll go with it. All right, and listen, to all the Norfolk fans and, and uh, all the Maryland fans that will be making the drive out there for you, also all the fans tuning in on TV, what can we all expect from you come fight night, and why should everybody tune in and make sure this is a fight that they do not miss? Uh, tune in because you're going to see the beginning of the future of the Strawley Division the UFC. I'm going to knock some girl out. It's going to be violent, and people are going to be like, yeah, <laughs> who's next? Put her back in. All right. I absolutely love it. In conclusion, any words for uh, Nina as the fight approaches? Um, no, I think she knows what's up. So uh, let's do, let's do this. Let's just get some money, get a bonus, do something. Let's make it exciting. All right, definitely looking forward to the fight, November 11th, UFC Fight Night 120. All of the great things that the future has in store for you. And again, hopefully one day we get to see more of that cosplay in action. Any shout outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Um, yeah, shout out to. Gym, Alliance MMA. Shout out to uh, my family, my moms, my brothers, all my family out in Maryland who are gonna party bus down to uh, to the UFC that weekend. Um, and yeah, shout out to everyone. Uh, I can't really think of anyone <laughs> right now. Shout out to Sucker Punch Management. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> Fair enough. Listen, Angela, we greatly appreciate the time tonight. Uh, looking forward to the fight very much. Hopefully we can catch up after a big win. Go kick some ass on November 11th. And again, hopefully get to see you in some cool cosplay gear between now and then. Awesome. We'll do. We'll do all of that. All right. Thank you very much. You have a great night. You too. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. In the words of recently surging comedian Ryan O'Flanagan, are you joking my ass? Duct tape to make that vault dweller costume? What? That's impressive, dude. So there you have it, guys. Angela over Kill Hill. Got a fight coming up with Nina Ansaroff, November 11th, UFC Fight Night 120. 
Norfolk, Virginia. And apparently there'll be a lot of uh, Angela's hometown in attendance to cheer her on. Another one of those really talented athletes in the UFC, strawweight women's division. Really looking forward to uh, what her career has in store, as I talked about there. But when it comes to striking, very unrivaled. That's why a fight with Ioana would make a lot of sense, but clearly she has to work her way up. Super cool conversation. First time interviewing her. Um, Really cool people. Big shout out to Chris Taylor for making that one happen. But yeah. Reebok. Let the girl express herself. And have some awesome awesome cosplay at her weigh-ins. What are you guys going to do when Roxanne Montefiore gets signed and has to do Reebok? You can't take that away from them. Not cool, Reebok. Not cool. But yeah, big fight for Angela. Another step uh, towards the top of the division. And once that girl gets some serious takedown defense and good ground game, going to be a hell of a time for a, a lot of the uh, ladies at 115 pounds in the UFC. So big thank you to both our guests. AJ the Mercenary McKee. Undefeated. Bellator MMA featherweight. The future of the division quite frankly, the future of the company and definitely a future champ. Big shout out to him and also his, his pops, Antonio McKee. Uh, greatly appreciate him uh, facilitating the interviews that we get with AJ. Hopefully he gets that James Gallagher fight. Hopefully his hand's good, heals up quick, and we get to see him back in action. And again, they really need to make sure that he fights for the title before his 23rd birthday and give him a chance to make history as he already has on Friday at Bellator 182 with tying the record of longest win streak in Bellator history at nine. And again, big thank you to Angela. She's awesome. I told you before, go Google those uh, cosplay outfits. I wasn't kidding when I said Afro Samurai is on point. I mean, she is the personification of Afro Samurai. So good luck to her. Looking forward to the fight. We'll be catching up with both of them in the coming weeks or coming months, rather. Maybe before Angela actually goes to war and uh, hopefully when AJ gets a, a fight announced. But I digress. It's been another great show with more great guests on the fighter's voice and the voice of you guys, the fans, bjpen.com radio. It's good to be back. We'll have another kick-ass show next week for you folks. We love you, Penn Nation. Big shout out to the whole team. Scott, Russ, Justin, Tom, and of course, Chris. You guys keep the keep the wheels turning. And big shout out to our main man, BJ Penn. That's all for me, folks. Tune in next week, each and every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Make sure you guys bookmark bjpenn.com forward slash MMA news. For all the latest and greatest in the sport that you love, guys, everything you crave all in one spot, we have got you covered. Like I said, bookmark us and find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
and also Google+. Make sure you guys follow the radio show on Twitter, at BJPenRadio. And stay tuned to our YouTube page. With the break last week, I didn't get a chance to upload a video, but my goal is to upload at least one every week to the channel. Uh, some highlights of the show from that week. So stay tuned there. On behalf of the whole squad, Penn Nation, we love you guys. Mahalo. We'll catch you next week. I'm your boy, Kinch. This is BJPenn.com Radio. Peace out.
Mone ana koreo e uerie I kahi manu noho ai kai Ki ai makalae o te kaha Hoia kai palana mali Uririe ahana Yeah, I forget two verses.